the choice to spread love in a world full of pain. The generation willing to be a light in darkness. The selfless desire to serve humanity. The purpose fueled with passion to make a difference. This is Madcasters, the ultimate guide you need to impact the world. What's going on, everyone? This is your host, Brian St. Louis, and I'm here to connect you to impact leaders across the globe who strive to make a difference in their communities and the world. As you listen to these gripping stories and endeavors from inspirational people and organizations, you will gain the confidence to implement strategies to make a difference not only in your personal life, but to impact humanity around you. Please subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram. Support through Patreon. Together, let's make a difference and change the world. With us today, we have Coach Elsie Lindsay, and I'm very happy to have her on our show today. It was a pleasure and honor to get to know her a little bit before all of this was going on. So I'm very grateful to have you, Lindsay, with us today on our Madcasters podcast. How are you doing today? Grateful to be here, sir. It's great getting to meet you as well, and I'm stoked to be here. Awesome, awesome. Like we always do, you know, we want to hear a little bit more about who you are and basically what got you to the place where you wanted to impact lives the way that you do. Ooh, man, where to start, right? Um, so my background, I've been a high-performing, successful corporate uh, salesperson and athlete for most of my life. I've been coaching for about four years now, working specifically with women who identify as burned out, stressed out, and just ready to ready to put a stop to that. Uh, But the way that I got there was through actually healing my own burnout. So in my early 20s, I I was that high performing individual that didn't know the word stop. So I was working full time. I was completing my MBA. Um, At one point, I had moved to Chicago without telling almost any of my family (laughs) that I was moving. And within two weeks, I was homeless. Um, so I had a, uh, I had a short stretch of homelessness around 21 that really taught me a lot about resilience and grit and just not giving up. Um, about a year, year and a half later, I was diagnosed with some autoimmune issues that were driving some serious health, uh, issues for me. And all of that was, was stress, right? Underlying stress that was just eating away at my body, uh, that I hadn't been dealing with. And granted I was 22, right. But that stress had been going on for years. I'd grown up in a very abusive environment. Um, so it was, it was a situation where the stress of growing up in an abusive environment and having experienced sexual assault in my teen years, by the time I hit 22, my body was just breaking down. Mm. And, I was in my MBA. I was in a, a sales career for about seven years and transitioned into more corporate sales at that point. And I will never forget my partner at that time 
uh, taking me to a hockey game one night. It was like the second or third day of my sales training at this organization. I was in almost mm-hmm. my last class in my MBA. We got to the hockey game, kind of bellied up to the bar to watch over the ice. And I just broke down in tears. And that was the wow. end of my night. I just had a complete meltdown. I was so stressed. I didn't see a way out. And it was around that time that I started becoming more focused on meditation and mindfulness. And I, I identified as Buddhist since my teen years. Um, but hadn't really explored it very much. So over the last, we'll say 11 years or so, um, I've gotten very, uh, very pointed, you know, around studying meditation and mindfulness and awareness and the, the more physical aspects of that studying things like methylation and epigenetics and how stress impacts the body. Mm. Um, so going through that myself, um, I tend to attract a lot of people that are stressed and burned out and, uh, my, my goal is to help as many women as possible. I'd love to help a million people, a million women specifically be burnout because it's just debilitating. You know, when you're living a busy life and you're trying to be the perfect Pinterest mom or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the bulletproof professional or just the, the wonder woman, there's this feeling that you can't be human. There's this feeling that, mm-hmm. you know, any, um, any show of vulnerability is a weakness, which societally women, women shoulder very differently and it impacts our biology a lot differently. So my goal is to end that suffering. I love that your, your goal right there, as you said, is to end that suffering, to help a million people, million women to be exact, so that they don't have to deal with some of the pains that you have dealt with. And And I feel like this, is re- is such a reoccurring theme that we have here in Madcasters, where so many people who want to make a difference have been impacted in that way, shape, or form in their lives. Yeah, I kind of i I want to dig just a little bit into that place that you were uh, when when you were looking over the banister, mm-hmm. and you said, and just you were in full tears. What exactly was going on through your mind? What oh, was man. What was the what was the feeling that you had? What was can you just explore that with us as we're li- as we're hearing you out on that? Absolutely. I mean, I, I can relive it. Right. It, it's it's funny yeah. how a feeling feels so real to you even 10 years later. And mm. uh, the beauty of, of a lot of the work I've done is it no longer impacts my biology. But, man, I can still feel it like it was yesterday yeah. and call that up. Um, yeah, at the time, uh, you know, at the time I was in my, my mid twenties and I remember going to the bar and grabbing a drink, like, like many people do at hockey games. And it was like the minute I stopped for the first time that day, like my body actually stopped moving for the first time when I, when I looked down over the ice and just that feeling that I shouldn't be there because I have too much to do. I, I don't deserve to have this time right now. I have a paper due on Sunday. I'm brand new in this job. My brain can't handle another input because my house is a mess. You know, Mm -hmm. I need to do the dishes. I need to write this paper. I haven't found my sources. I'm trying to learn this new job, right? Everything just crushed me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I felt my entire being just kind of crumble. Wow. And I just, I remember getting home that night and just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to lay in bed and cry. And I, I think I cried myself to sleep that night. And, uh, you know, the next day I 
got up like nothing happened and did it all over again. Right. Just contributed to the burnout. Right? Just, just grind forward. And I see that happen with so many of the women that I work with where they, they just collapse into the stress, but they never do anything that's going to help them take the step back and stop the stress from actually happening. Mm. It, it was funny because I was just about to ask you the question, how many women have dealt with the exact same predicament that you just said right there? And yet we, I mean, I mean, I'm even thinking about it even for some of the men who may be listening to this episode. I mean, all of us have been to that place where, where we've been to that burnout and yet we do nothing necessarily to, to work on the issues that have caused that burnout in and of itself. Yeah. So I could just, I, I know that many people who are listening to your story right now are resonating with you a thousand percent <laughs> because I yeah. mean, and especially women, I, I must say you all deal with a, with a different level of, of stress. Um, you know, seeing my wife sometimes, even some of the things that come through her mind, you know, as being a mom and some of the stresses that that she has that don't even pop into my mind some of the questions that she has that don't even pop into my mind i'm just like oh man oh, <laughs> like i i i feel for you and so at this point lindsay you, you had that breakdown you said that you you went home you basically did it the same you just went through the same cycle once again what happened next what ended up breaking that cycle for you oh. and causing you to get to that le- that next place um, I wish I could say that it was a quick, a quick change, but it wasn't, that wasn't my wake up mm-hmm. call. Um, mm. and at that time, my partner had a child. So I was mm. a part-time stepmom on top of it. Awesome. Um, so we were, you know, we were going through that whole situation and I can honestly say that it was probably another two years before I took the reins. Um, mm. it negatively impacted my relationship in more ways than I can count. Right. I was snarky. I was mad. You know, I I would walk in from work after being gone. We were living in Chicago. So I was taking the train home every day. I would walk Mm -hmm. home after, you know, 12 hours door to door. And just the the question, what are we doing for dinner? was like, I'm done. Like game over. (laughs) I can't handle it. It was like my most dreaded question of the day, right? I don't even want to think about it. I can't make another decision without losing it, Mm. you know, and yelling, yelling at him or yelling at his daughter or just being mad at myself and just being angry. And, you know, that I think that feeling is so common in women, especially when you're in that burnout period, right? Women on average, when you account for all of the work and home life, to your point about your wife, when we account for everything that goes on outside of work, women who are working full time plus home plus family plus whatever yeah. are working an average of 70.2 hours a week. Crazy. And men, it's about 50.2. So there's mm. about a 20 hour a week difference in the amount of work that women are shouldering. And that's not always because somebody is telling them they have to. It's because they feel like if they don't do it, nobody's going to. Or that it's not going to get done right. So in order for the things that need to get done to be done successfully in a way that feels good, I just have to do it myself, right? Or else I end up cleaning up after everybody else. And it's just this tremendous, um, this tremendous burden that that women put on themselves more often than not. Hmm. Especially in this time that we're dealing with COVID, 
we know that this is this has been very stressful on many people. Yeah. Uh, but how has this been specifically more exhausting for women in in this space of time? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just the amplification of everything that I just talked about, right? Women are mm-hmm. expected both societally and intrinsically, right, to shoulder the weight of the family and the things going on. And that's not to say that their partners or or men aren't helping out, right? Mm-hmm. It just means that there's that kind of societal stress to always look like you have it together. And yeah. really, we haven't seen a shift in the way that corporations, especially if you're working in the corporate world, like I have been for, for 17 years now, there mm-hmm. is not a widespread shift in the way that these companies have um, flexed to the needs of women, right? Childcare mm-hmm. and schooling and now activities as things start to open up, we're trying to figure out what the balance is because kids are starting sports again or kids are going back to right, school. Right. What does that balance look like? But, but you know, moms specifically were in a position where not only are you a full-time corporate worker now, but you're also expected to be a teacher and a mom mm-hmm. and you're cooking three meals a day, maybe, right? <laughs> Sometimes Crazy. it's just throwing a granola bar in their direction and hoping for the best. <laughs> But the, mm-hmm. that that level of burnout just amplified yeah. it. Actually, 70% of women identified as burned out by the end mm-hmm. of 2020. 70%. That's a huge, that's, that's, that's huge. huge number. That's huge. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure I know that with, with that, mental health cases have definitely risen. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. uh, depression has, has grown. Uh, I know suicide has, uh, especially even more so in, in teens in yeah. this time has, has grown. But yeah. we, we've seen this, this level of, of anxiety, of, of depression, of, of just the miscare, uh, I think, of society in this time. And, and I and I do believe it. You know, it comes time where individuals need to first, you know, take care of themselves. Understand that self care is not selfish. Yes. Uh, but yeah. then now we also have people like you, Lindsay, who have taken on the the, the helm of this and have said they want to lead people in this direction. And so, how does someone who went from having an MBA you know, go from setting up their their life in the in the business corporate world to ending up being a personal trainer or you know certified coach to yeah. helping women who are dealing with this exhaustion and blessing them with their life in this direction. You know, a lot of that had to do with um, you know with learning that work life integration. I actually still work in the corporate realm. Uh, oh wow! The, yeah, so I, I'm. Uh, I'm currently on a, a bit of a hiatus, but in a few weeks, I'll actually be starting back up as a, a leader within a Fortune 500 company, which is super exciting. I get to coach people yeah. as part of my, you know, my corporate life and bring awesome. that, um, you know, bring this experience to that more corporate environment. But yeah, the the decision a couple of years ago to go through and do my certification and get my uh, my certification through ICF, which is the International Coaching Federation, um, mm-hmm. you can kind of think of that like the bar for for lawyers right, um, right. or like the medical boards for doctors, right? Kind of similar for coaches. But going through the the intensive training that leads up to that certification and going through that, I think where I doubled down and knew that that was something that had to be done was because I looked around me in not just the corporate environment, but my outside life as well. And I realized that 
every single woman I know had had some experience that was very similar to mine. Mm. And there was not one woman that hadn't experienced early, you know, childhood trauma in some way, shape or form that wasn't Mm. still carrying some of that with them. That wasn't driving that need for perfectionism. That wasn't feeling that judgment from the outside and putting a ton of focus on that external environment. And I knew that where I had gotten to where I, I just don't necessarily, I don't experience it the same way that I used to. Right. That's not to say I don't push myself past my limits at times because entrepreneur life is what it is. Right. Um, Sometimes we sometimes we aren't very good at taking our own advice. But ultimately, I've realized that my life never gets to that point where I'm Mm. so useless to myself and everybody around me because I'm so stressed out. Right. That I'm that I'm not able to move forward. So needing realizing that there was a need in society um, to bring that to people, you know, to allow them to impact that because ultimately it doesn't just impact our own experience and our own well-being. When you're operating in that level of burnout and that level of stress constantly where your, your sympathetic nervous system is always in fight or flight mode, you're taking away from the experience of the other people in your life as well. Wow. You're you're robbing your children, your partner, wow. your coworkers of you showing up as your whole self. And to your point, I, the term I love to use is selflessly selfish. Mm. You have to put your own oxygen mask on first because if you don't, you're not going to be able to help anybody else. You're not going to show up in a way that's meaningful and that's caring and loving. You're going to show up out of obligation. Mm. And that's that doesn't help anybody. Right. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I hear from, from women, especially from moms is, you know, I don't, I want my children to have better than what I had. Yeah. Right. Or I don't want to mess my kids up. And the reality is that by robbing them of that experience of having a whole and fulfilled and balanced parent, mm-hmm. you're kind of fulfilling that same, that cycle, right. Yeah. You're, you're modeling to them what, what success looks like, right? Or what, what motherhood or parenthood or, or womanhood should look like. And we need to, we need to stop glorifying that, that busy, stressed out look. It's not a good look. Yeah. And so can you, can you guide us through an example of, of an individual who you have helped to, to see that, that uh, transition of their life and and how that quote unquote success has actually, um, you know, deterred them and their families and how they're now living in, in that better piece of, of, of mindfulness or understanding. Can you give us, can you share with us a story or inspiration oh in that sense? So many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very blessed. Um, that yeah. I, I've got amazing clients that do amazing things, but yeah, one that comes to mind in particular, um, she, she works in corporate America. She mm-hmm. uh, works on the IT team and is very often up against really insane deployment deadlines. So when you start thinking about um, enterprise resource software for an entire corporate organization, those deadlines that they're under and getting everything up to date is just crazy. They're working 60 to 80 hour weeks. They're on call. Things go down. There's problems. Deadlines push, right? Mm -hmm. And when we started working together, she said, here's my problem. I know that X number of times per year, I'm going to have these periods where I'm working 60 to 80 hour a week and I still have to take care as she was a primary caregiver for her parents. She's primary Mm -hmm. caregiver for her toddler daughter. 
She said, I need to figure out a way that I can still care for my daughter. I can still see my daughter. My health isn't going to completely go down the drain because right now that's what happens. And I need to still be able to care for my, for my parents. Mm. So over the time that we were working together there, it was, it was a struggle, right? But what ended up happening was developing this plan around being vulnerably honest in a strategic way with her team and her leadership and creating firm, but flexible boundaries around the way that things had to go. And then reinforcing those boundaries over time. And what ended up happening is she was able to cut that stress down tremendously, even though those times where she had a a sprint, right? Where she was just under tremendous amounts of stress, it didn't hit the same. Mm -hmm. She was still able to get home at a decent hour. She was still able to take time with her daughter and spend time talking with her mom about what the week looked like and planning out, you know, meals and things like that without it creating such an, an uproar in her life. She actually reached out to me at the tail end of the pandemic and she said, gosh, I'm so glad that I went through your program when I did, because I won't say that I was totally unfazed by the pandemic. It definitely threw a wrench in things, but there's Mm -hmm. no way I would have been able to manage what happened and what fell to me had I not gone through that program and been able to to develop the skills that I did. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was great to see that, you know, people are, are seeing the value in what you're bringing. Because ultimately, you know, as we want to impact lives, we also want to make sure that people are being impacted the right way. Yes. And so it's, it's great that, that we're seeing this uh, and, and it's working and it's helping. Yeah. Uh, but, but we all know that everything doesn't come without its struggles. And, mm-hmm. and certain things always have um, points where we have to refocus and or try to figure it out for ourselves. And so what what have been some of the 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 more difficult points that you've seen, especially with dealing or, or trying to help in this regard, or how do you feel also that you're growing and learning as you're helping people in this way? Oh man, there's two really great questions there. So I, I the first, no, it, it's awesome. I love it. So I'll hit the first yeah. one. I think the, the two skills that really make people successful long-term is developing a ruthless self-awareness that Mm. does not get into the realm of beating yourself up, right? Being ridiculously self-aware without saying, I'm a bad person, I'm not doing what I should be and judging yourself, right? Becoming curious without judging. And then habit change, right? Being able to Mm. take that self-awareness and say, well, these are the habits that I'm doing now that are are interfering with my life or what what the outcome is that I don't want. So how do I change that habit? So and over the course of the time we're working together, we're creating a playbook so that over time, somebody starts to learn what like their that. habits and their upper limits are and where their, where their beliefs are limiting them. And they can plug and play, you know, those strategies over time. Hmm. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. That makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, actually just dealing with the, with another um, podcast that I had, I think it's actually coming out today. She talks about how, you know, understanding people's stories or understanding like you know, their their the concept or their knowledge of, of themselves helps them to, to impact some of the issues that they're dealing with right now. So if you're helping to help formulate that person's, uh, for instance, habitual lifestyle and understanding every every day why this is coming to to play, I think that that is perfect and it helps that individual 
once again, know themselves. Because I think the more and more we know ourselves, the deeper we'll be able to fix some of the issues that have even plagued ourselves. So I, I love that the strategy that you're using. Uh, and then dealing with the second question, where wh- how do you feel as well that you're developing or you're learning as you're helping other people going through these processes? That's an awesome question. So I, I always tell people that if your coach isn't actively being coached, at least mm. some point during the year, you need to go find another coach. I see that's real. If your coach isn't actively engaged in learning, it's kind of like if your therapist has never been to therapy, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> if your coach isn't actively taking True. steps. So personally, right now, I am um, I'm part of an amazing program that is focused on delivering maximum impact and program design. So I'm actually going mm. through and reworking my program into a platform that helps me deliver it more effectively. Um, Mm -hmm. so we, we do a combination of one-on-one coaching, there's online learning resources, um, online toolkits, things like that, that people have access to as part of this platform that I've built out. It's the same program that I've been using for years. We just put a little rigor Mm -hmm. around the actual deliverables around it. So people are actually getting about four times more coaching (laughs) and interaction with me, um, than they would in a traditional one-on-one program. So I love the fact that there's more to it. Um, and then, you know, working, working forward, continually learning and becoming more educated around other areas. So for me, my passion lies around some of the health and autoimmune stuff. So I'm, I'm very educated in methylation and epigenetics, but also in things like energy healing and Reiki and Chinese medicine. Um, mm. So the plan is to become certified in some other modalities uh, in the not so distant future as soon as the, as soon as the bandwidth opens up. But um Aside from that, I would say if your coach isn't part of different masterminds, you know, different Mm. support structures, because not everybody is the right coach for you. And if Mm. your coach is part of a mastermind and they have a fantastic network of people that they can refer to, I can honestly say that if somebody came to me with very specific backgrounds in um, uh, like being a police or an active duty spouse or um, somebody who is struggling with their, uh, their queer identity, right? I might refer them depending on their needs to another coach that I know very well and trust because that's their expertise. So if you don't have a coach that's well-connected and, and working as part of this mastermind type community, no coach should ever be hoarding clients, right? Not every client is a good fit. Refer out whenever possible because that ensures the right thing for the, for the client. Yeah, I, I I mean, I I agree with that one hundred percent. Um, even so, I don't know if you know, but even as um, so I work as a pastor, and yeah. for me, it's it's very important that I don't just take everything that comes to me, right, and say, oh well, I can deal with every single situation or yeah. case that comes in my. No, I'm not. I'm not certified in in certain topics. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. Right, and it's not to say that you can't come to me to but i will definitely have to outsource as well and to find the right resources to help you with those um specifics and so i I like the fact that you that you use that terminology of of understanding um i don't know if you actually use this but networking it's it's in a way where you know as well how where your limits are but you have the networks to reach and to to get people to exactly where they need to go so I, i love that as a coach you're saying that because not many coaches say that because <laughs> that means that ultimately, you know, people are, are saying to themselves, well, 
this might not be my right coach. And you, you need to be okay with that. Yeah. And so I, I love that you're, you're humble enough and, and understanding that you have specifics that you want to deal with, but you also know uh, that there are others who are, who are working in, in different fields that, that you can outsource them to. Yeah. But I want to, I want to kind of transition here just for a second. Um, I love the fact that you're a major athlete. Uh, I love work. <laughs> I love working with people or talking to people who, who love and understand physical activity. You know, I used to do bodybuilding myself. I used to be okay. huge into like, you know, training and everything of the sort. I'm still getting back into my fitness lifestyle. Um, but it's something that I've, I, I love dearly. And so you, you, you do running, you do bouldering, you're, 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 you're a hiker, you even do dance, you do team sports. And the one that caught my attention the most was the American Ninja Warrior style training. Yeah. So like, how, first of all, how is that for you? And then second, more so, how do you feel like that's also helped you to help others uh, in their, in their lives? Do you incorporate like physical training or physical um, health in, in, in how you coach women as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the, the physical and mental health is a huge component of what I do. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it looks a little different for everybody. You know, I think people hear the American Ninja Warrior style training and they're like, oh my gosh, like, what is she going to make me do? <laughs> and it's totally not like that, right? We, we start to customize plans for what works. And it's part of why I've maintained my personal training certification is so I can actually help write out those plans for people. Yeah. And push them past their limits when they need to be pushed past their limits because we yeah, tend to yeah, get comfortable. Yeah. Um, but we talk about that in a respectful manner, right? And one of my mm-hmm. biggest pet peeves in the past working with trainers has been that like gutted out mentality. And I, I just don't have that. If you know that mm-hmm. you're at a limit, then respect the limit and let's work through and work around that so that you're getting better results. Um, yeah. But yeah, as far as as far as my own training, it's been a couple of years now since I've done that. Thanks to the thanks to the pandemic and uh, moving to moving to San Diego initially, where I, I didn't have great access to a gym. So now that I'm up in LA, I'm actually really excited to to try to get back yes. into into that. But um, it was fun, and it actually just started as a as a bit of a goof. Um, one of my friends mm. had called me one day, and he said, "Hey, this gym just opened up by us in Chicago." Mm-hmm. they've got classes at six in the morning that are like obstacle course, American Ninja warrior. We should totally go try it out. And anybody that knows me knows don't threaten me with a good time. Oh, <laughs> I, if it comes down to play, I'm going to do it all day, every day. I was there like, let's do it. 6am. Like I'm up, let's go, you know? And yeah. I just absolutely fell in love with it. I fell in love with the community. Um, I did a handful of, uh, competitions. I, I never tried out for the show. I actually didn't want to try out for the show. Um, okay. It was a level of uh, a level of training that I just couldn't commit to, mm. and ultimately just knowing my limits um, mm-hmm. at that point from a from a physical perspective. But I did do some smaller local competitions, which were an absolute blast. In 2018, 2018 I qualified for nationals, um, and in wow early 2019, I actually had the privilege of testing obstacles for the show at the, uh, the, the super secret warehouse here, here in LA. So it was was really a cool experience, but that whole community, everything that you see on the show, everybody is just as awesome and nice and kind Mm. and approachable. I've not yet. And this is years later, right. Met somebody in that community that you can't just reach out to and say, Hey, 
you know, my name is Lindsay. I trained to, or, you know, I did this or that. And they're like, Oh my God, Hey, you, you know, you're one of us, you know, and everybody's super kind and always trying to help each other. Um, I actually, speaking of bouldering, I actually ran into one of the pros while I was bouldering. It was hard behind the mask. Right. I was like, is that, you, you look like the creep. You're like, is that who I think it is? You know? Yeah. And uh, I was finally like, Hey, is your name? And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, quick connection. I was like, Hey, this is really cool. Like I'll oh. definitely see you around here again, but you know, just everybody's so cool and so approachable. Um, yeah. and it was great to see an environment like that. It reminded me very much of the the running community because the running community has yeah. very little ego to it. Mm. So basically what you're saying is that if I ever meet up with you, we're going to have to do some sort of American Ninja nah. style training. I don't force no. anybody. I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I might will, have to try it. To I will 100% oh. tempt you with it. But <laughs> She said, oh, I'll I'm not going to force it. you, but I'll tempt you. <laughs> no, that's real. Because that's always something that I always admired. Um, I just never got into it. I never found a way to get into it. Or maybe I just didn't look. But it's always something I was just like, oh, wow, man, that's amazing. Like, I love how people are able to to use their bodies in a certain way or to, uh, you know, understand how they can flow with certain things. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like it's on another level. And it's that's cool. the level I would, I would love to hit someday. It's, it's cool. I don't it's wait it's fun. Yeah. But you're in Texas, right? No, no, no. So I'm in, I'm in Calgary. Um, oh, okay. Calgary, Canada. Yeah. I don't know why I thought well, I you were in Texas. Texas. <laughs> I guess they call it the Texas of um of Canada, but they, yeah, they say Alberta is like the Texas of Colorado, Canada, whatever the case may be. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But close enough. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so i i do want to I do want to ask Lindsay, um, as we're as we're coming to all of this, you know, what are some practical elements that women can take? with with themselves you know they're hearing this episode they're they're seeing what you're doing um you you've helped so many others what what are some practical tips that they can take with them today to say hey you know how can i start off this journey of of finding myself of of getting my energy back you know getting my joy and trying to unleash this exhaustion and this anxiety in my life what would you tell them don't be afraid to invest in yourself. I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that I hear from women is this hesitancy that they're going to take away from their family or their kids or their partner, whatever the situation is, they're going to take away from other people by investing in themselves. Mm. So first and foremost, you have to invest in yourself in order to change things. Um mm. You know, whether that's a coach or a trainer, whatever it is, if you want to change, you need to find somebody that has been there, has done that, has gotten the results and can show you how to do it. Because the tools that got you to where you're at are not the same tools that are going to get you to where you want to be, especially if where you want to be is not where you're at right now. Be willing to be willing to see things differently, be willing to look at things differently Um, I'm always more than happy to connect with people. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is HeyCoachLC. You can also find my website, same thing, HeyCoachLC.com. I do offer everybody a 10 minute call to start to talk through some of the the points that you're looking to change, gain some more clarity around if and, and how I might be a good fit to work with you. And if not, obviously refer you to the right person. Uh, but I absolutely love connecting with people who are looking to change their life and are ready to make an impact. That's awesome. And, and just looking at your website, once again, it, it, it has that 
that vibe of of greatness or just you know welcoming and everything of the source. So I, I love that you have this. And you know, if somebody's listening to this, you know, take advantage of the ten minute uh, call, uh, the clarity call as she as she has it. You know, where you're just able to to hear more to say what what can you take from this? Uh, you know, many people have been impacted by her and what she's doing, and I just believe that it, it's it's important, especially in this day and age where right now COVID has caused so much exhaustion on our lives. Yeah, Take advantage on someone who's willing to help you through that process and to to guide you through it. And so, uh, Lindsay, once again, thank you so much for coming on to our show and just being able to, uh, you know, dialogue with us, converse with us and just show us, uh, first of all, being vulnerable and sharing with us your life story, but also sharing how you're looking to impact lives in such a powerful way. Uh, I, and I love the fact that as much as you know, uh, many people in society are dealing with issues. Uh, at the end of the day, we still need someone who's willing to help our woman and, and to focus in on that. And I love the goal that you have, one million women that you will impact. I'm here for it. I'm here to help you all with this goal. We're, I love it. We're thankful for you and definitely looking forward to our cont- continued relations and seeing how we can continue to help each other, support each other as well. So thank you so much, Lindsay. Absolutely. Bren, thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome speaking with you. Absolutely. Have a good day. We'll talk soon. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Madcasters with your host, Brian St. Louis. Please remember, do what you are called to bring into this world. Someone's life depends on your willingness to obey your calling. You are special and you have something positive to bring to this world that no one else can. Every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, a new episode will be ready for you to listen and grow from. Be sure to subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at Madcasters. Support the podcast through patreon.com backslash madcasters because together we can make the difference in order to change the world.